morning. <laughs> Man, I miss singing. I was so annoyed when I found out we couldn't sing this week. But we're here, and thanks for being here uh, anyway. Um, so sometimes sermons just flow when you write them. God just gives the words to write, and it all just comes together really easy. This sermon was not one of those. <laughs> um, yeah, a few weeks ago, Ian and I were putting together our sermon roster for this term, and I saw that there was a gap on May 8th, and so I just put my name down and didn't really think much about it. And then it was like a week or so ago, I realized it was Mother's Day. And I wanted to talk about something that was on theme, but I'm sure some of you would relate that Mother's Day isn't easy for some people. Some have lost their mum. Some have difficult relationships with their mums. Some struggle with mental health issues in their family and many other circumstances that actually makes Mother's Day pretty hard. Now, I love my mum, but I'll be honest with you, our relationship is really difficult. And we've been working on it a lot over the last couple of years. Um, and it's still really hard to just say that out loud. Um, it hasn't always been that way. Growing up, we were really, really close. And we've been through a lot in the last couple of years. And it's just really put a strain on our relationship. And so I understand what it's like to have times when I've needed a mother to step in for me. And I've been really blessed to have so many women who have stepped in and filled that void for me over the years when I've needed it most. But there's also been times when no one could really fill that for me. Times when I've felt alone and unloved and so this morning, I'm going to be very vulnerable. I'll try not to cry, <laughs> but I really believe that God wanted me to speak this morning to people that find themselves on all ends of the spectrum when it comes to Mother's Day. So before I keep going, I'm just going to pray. Dear God, um, I just thank you for bringing us together this morning. Um, I thank you for this opportunity to speak. And God, I pray that you will just calm my nerves, give me peace. In Jesus' name, amen. So I did a lot of reading and I did a lot of praying this week. But I'll admit, sermon prep was really painful. And I kept reading about these amazing mothers in the Bible and this mix of, of anger and Grief and longing just boiled to the surface. And I asked God, where do I find a mother that I can trust, who can guide me and pass along what she's learnt in life, um, cheer me on, comfort me, remind me of my worth, and occasionally just let me rest in her wisdom and her strength. And as I was praying through my tears, the phrase from Psalm 68 verse 5 came to mind. Father to the fatherless. 
And I felt like God was just saying, I'm also a mother to the motherless. And this was something that I hadn't really considered, that God himself could fulfill my need for a mother. And until that point, I had always sort of seen God as this fatherly figure. And I had missed all the ways that God wants to be a mother to us. You see, God is, is not a woman, but he's not a man either. In Numbers 23 verse 19, it says, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. However, he has chosen to reveal himself through the Bible, largely in masculine terms. So I'm not rejecting that revelation at all. God is the perfect heavenly father, but as the only complete being in the universe, his perfection itself, God also contains and demonstrates all the traits of a perfect mother. And so I started looking through scripture and it showed me so many ways that God is like a perfect mother. And I wanted to share some of those with you this morning. In Isaiah 42 verse 14, God is described as a woman in labor. It says, I have long been silent. Yes, I have restrained myself. But now, like a woman in labor, I will cry and groan and pant. See, the prophet Isaiah is talking about Israel here and how God seemed to be silent while they were in exile. But now God is birthing something new. And that new thing is the kingdom of heaven that we have access to now. And then in Deuteronomy 32 verse 18, it says, You neglected the rock who fathered you. You forgot the God who had given you birth. Here it's describing God as having given birth to his people. And in Isaiah 49 verse 14 and 15, he is compared to a nursing mother. It says, Yet Jerusalem says, The Lord has deserted us. The Lord has forgotten us. Never. Can a mother forget her nursing child? Can she feel no love for the child she has born? But even if that were possible, I would not forget you. Even in those times when we feel like we're invisible and overlooked, God is saying, I made you. I will never forget you. And in Isaiah 66, verse 13, it says, I will comfort you here, there in Jerusalem as a mother comforts her child. How many times has God stepped in and given you peace? I remember as a kid, my mum actually taught me that if I woke up in the middle of the night and I had a bad dream or something, she would be like, just ask Jesus to come and give you a hug. Now, this is clever parenting because not only did I learn to let God soothe me, but I didn't go and wake her up in the middle of the night when I had a bad dream. So, nice one, Mum. <laughs> and then in Hosea 11 verse 3, God is described as a mother teaching her child to walk. I feel like that all the time. I try to do something new and then... I just mess up and then I feel like God's just like, that's all right, just get back up, try again. And in 13 verse 8, he's described as a mother bear whose cubs have been taken away. 
In Deuteronomy, he's also described as a mother eagle caring for her young and as a mother hen in Luke. And so God started to take this whole new um, perspective for me as I was studying through all of these verses. And he became like this wildly protective mother who will stop at nothing to protect the children that she created. But he's also a provider and a nurturer. God provided just enough healthy food for his people in Exodus. And he provides for us as well in Philippians 4.19. He urged his disciples to rest in Mark. He bandages our wounds in Psalms. And he will wipe away our tears, like it says in Isaiah 25, verse 8. I know that there's women that really struggle with Mother's Day because they're still waiting and trying to become a mum. And it's often a silent struggle that the rest of us don't even know about. And in Isaiah, it says, he comforts us and carries us close to his heart. And if that's you, I pray that you can find comfort in him and know that he will carry you through this. And I pray that as a church, that we can be there to just love you through it. The beautiful thing about God is that he also uses other people to step in and be a motherly figure in our lives. I know the last few years I've had some amazing women who many of them are from this church um, who have been like mothers to me. And whether it was just inviting me over for meals or checking in on me and making sure that I'm okay, listening to me when I've needed to vent, celebrating my birthday with me. Um, I've even had food brought to my door when I was sick and I was at home alone. And when I've struggled emotionally, I've had women who have just listened and offered advice and just reminded me of my worth and helped me to pick myself back up and just keep going. And I truly believe that God has put them in my life to just love me through the tough times. And I also believe that God calls us to do that for others as well. In James chapter 1, verse 27, it says, Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. This means looking out for those who don't have a mother or father figure in their life and filling that void. And this is something that we can all do, whether you have children or not, whether you've had a healthy relationship with your parents or not. God can give us the skills and the guidance and the courage to step up and to love like he does. I really love the story of Ruth. She's such a strong woman of God. But I think we often overlook the impact that Naomi has on her life. Naomi would have gone through so much grief. Not only did she lose her husband and her sons, but Elimelech moved their family from Bethlehem to a land that didn't follow God. And ironically, they left because a famine had broken out in Bethlehem. And Bethlehem actually means house of bread. And then Elimelech takes them to Moab 
and Moab actually means waste or nothingness. And instead of finding plenty, which he had hoped for, Naomi eventually ends up with nothing. But moving to this new land caused her sons to then marry women who weren't followers of God. And this was actually against Jewish law. And I can imagine the anguish that she would have felt. Like we've all seen those movies about mothers-in-law, mother-in-laws. They can be scary. <laughs> when you've spent like 20 years raising your son or daughter and then they end up with someone that's the exact opposite of what you'd hoped and prayed for. But Naomi doesn't get mad. Instead, she loves her daughters-in-law like they were her own children. So much so she suggested to Ruth and Orpah that they actually go back to their own family so that they would have financial support. You see, Naomi knew that it was against the law for men to marry women who weren't Hebrew. So she knew that their chances of getting remarried if they came to Bethlehem with her were pretty slim. But Ruth decides to stay. And Naomi must have been such a powerful example to Ruth that she decides that Naomi's God will be her God and she trusts him to provide for them. Naomi knew so much pain as a mother. When she arrives in Bethlehem, she hears everybody calling out her name, Naomi, is that you? And I can imagine that stab of pain hit her pretty hard because Naomi actually means my joy or my bliss or pleasantness of Jehovah. She definitely was not feeling any of those things. And instead she says, don't call me Naomi. Instead, call me Mara, which means bitter. For the Almighty has made my life very bitter for me. She says, I went away full, but the Lord has brought me home empty. But despite her pain, she doesn't let that affect the way that she treats Ruth. She easily could have. Usually, if and when we have issues with our parents, it's more, more than often stems from their experiences with their own parents or some sort of trauma in their life. And for those of us that have been through trauma, it can be scary to think about becoming a parent because we don't want those same things, we don't want to do those same things to our kids. But I love that this is a clear example of how God can help us to not pass that on. He can break generational pain and trauma and bring healing. And we just have to ask him to help us and trust that he will step in. Naomi is wise. She trusts God and she gives Ruth wise counsel to go out into the field and to collect grain. And then eventually she meets Boaz. She also cares about Ruth's relationship with God by positioning Ruth into a, a marriage that was to a close relative, Naomi actually ensured the continuation of Ruth's faith in God and ensured a growing faith. And that's something that we as mentors of young people have the opportunity and the responsibility to do, 
to walk alongside and support people in their spiritual growth like a spiritual parent. A mother-in-law's wisdom has a powerful influence in leading and committing Ruth to God for the remainder of her life. And Naomi saw that a girl needed a mother and she stepped in and she was faithful to fill that role in Ruth's life. God brings healing and restoration to Naomi's life even in her old age. Even the women in the town celebrate. They say, at last, Naomi's had a son again when Ruth gives birth to a child with Boaz and Naomi's nursing the baby. Naomi loved Ruth because God had loved her first. And because of that, they were both blessed. Some of us have had amazing mothers and mothers who have supported them through everything who have taught them valuable lessons and loved them unconditionally. For those of you that have had that, what a blessing. I learned a lot from my mum. She taught me how to love anyone and everyone. Growing up, we always had different people staying, in, staying with us and living with us and coming over for meals. And my parents took in kids that didn't have homes, kids that had been kicked out, and we never officially fostered kids, but if they found out that they were in need, they just said, well, we've got a spare room, it's yours. And so that kind of became normal for me. But I think as I grew up, that really shaped the way that I see the world. I knew from a young age that everyone has a story, that everyone is going through something, and they're all just trying to do the best with what they have. I was reading one of Brené Brown's books called Rising Strong, and she said something that really helped me heal from some of my pain. She said that the most compassionate people she has interviewed also had the strongest boundaries. They knew what was okay and what was not okay, and they asked for what they needed. But the biggest difference was that they assumed that other people were doing the best that they can. This changed my perspective. Sure, sometimes it's hard to believe, but life is so much better when we can assume that people are doing the best that they can with what they have where they are. Our upbringing, our experiences, our mental health, it all affects the way that we, we treat each other, we treat our kids, we treat our parents. But what would happen if we were able to ask God to give us the ability to have compassion and to believe that the, even the people that hurt us are really doing the best that they can? If you're a mum, or maybe you're wanting to be a mum, and you've been sitting here thinking, Far out, this is a lot of pressure. <laughs> I make mistakes all the time. <laughs> that's okay. In fact, that's exactly why God steps in as a parent for us, because we will make mistakes all the time. That's a given. We will say things that we don't mean when we're tired and we're frustrated. And we will try and influence our kids because we think it's the right thing to do. Many things we won't even know that we're doing, but sometimes 
somehow we still end up hurting the people that we love. But God knows that you're doing the best that you can. He sees you. He hears you. He loves you. And he wants to walk you through this. I'm sure some of you are also wishing that you could be closer to your kids. Maybe they've drifted away from you, from, from church, from the path that you had hoped for. But that doesn't mean that you're not good enough. It doesn't mean that you haven't done your best. I encourage you to ask God to step in and fill that longing in your heart, to trust that he will parent them and protect them and love them even when you can't. Think about all the times in the Bible where God's children rebelled and disobeyed and rejected and blamed or ignored him. Like, I always think of Adam and Eve. Like, they had the perfect circumstances to live in. They had the best home life possible, and yet they still rebelled. And again, we see God's incredible compassion. He assumed that they were doing the best that they could, and he, he still gave them strict boundaries. Like, they were kicked out of the garden, but he continues to provide for them. He gives them clothing to wear and he allows them to live even though they disobeyed his one rule. Psalm 103 verse 13 says, The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. It's definitely okay and it's important to still grieve, to still feel the, the ache of missing what we wish we had in life. But we can take that ache straight to God and find what we need in his love and nurture. For even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. So no matter how you feel about Mother's Day, I hope that you will find peace in knowing that God can and will be a mother to the motherless. Let's pray. Dear God, I just thank you so much that you step in as a parent for us and that you fill those, those longings, um, those voids in our life where we just need to be loved and need to be known and heard. And so God, I pray for those that are looking for that. I pray that we as a church can look out for those that need that as well and be able to support them. And God, I pray that um, no matter what we're struggling with, that you will just love and comfort us like your own children. In Jesus' name, amen.